Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast, our video edition. I'm John Borton. We're here with Tom Crawford, and uh, Tom Crawford has been carefully monitoring all things Michigan sports like he always does from his perch in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Some things get him a little bit fired up. I know that our number one topic today certainly has over the past few weeks. You know, Tom Crawford, we, we... enjoyed and Michigan enjoyed its breakthrough season, its uh, Big Ten championship, and then that all that aura of great feeling sort of disappeared in a big hurry these last few weeks, culminating in the fact that your head coach isn't around for signing day and uh, maybe just uh, one uh, one nod away from uh, becoming the Minnesota Vikings head coach. But that did not happen. He is uh, supposedly back. He's told Michigan uh, this is not going to be a, a regularly occurring thing. So first of all, welcome back to the podcast. Second of all, your thoughts on the matter. <laughs> Uh, okay. I got a blank canvas here. I'm going to roll. Hey, so I'm going to use the MIS uh, theme since you live relatively close to MIS, Michigan International Speedway. Uh, after all that great season in, in 2022, we had a spin out on, on turn three. Uh, and, and the driver of the car was, uh, was Jim Harbaugh. And, um, I, you know, Anthony mentioned this in our, in our dialogue before and, and with you. And, uh, it's like, good thing we didn't do this podcast last night or even, yesterday morning because i was i was disheveled and 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 just fatigued with with jim harbaugh and and i still am and i'm still you know i'm a michigan man i'm an alumnus i'm a diehard fan i'm fan media and i care about the michigan football and basketball programs all the athletic programs as much as anybody but uh i was in a funk yesterday and i just thought everything that was accomplished uh and in the this past season, in particular, Jim Harbaugh totally lost his credibility and trust, if you will. Let's use the word trust. There was mistrust, and there still is in my mind. So the question then becomes, how do you regain that trust? How do you walk back into Schembechler Hall and say, hey, guys, I'm all in. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up about the 2022 Michigan season. Uh, we're going to get a defensive coordinator in here and, and build something and and repeat what we did and, and all of that and sell it in such a way that you have the level of buy-in that you had this past season. Where are your Aiden Hudson's coming from? Where are your uh, where's the staff synergy after this sort of thing? What needs to take place for all of that to happen? Well, uh, let me start out first uh, with the jilted wife, uh, Ward Manuel. I, you know, and I would drop a nice little prenup, if you will, to use a, a, a marriage uh, agreement <laughs> a situation. I would make that buyout I, I, crazy high. You know, if dude, if you're going to do this to us, if you're ever going to leave us, you're going to pay the price. And the other thing is, if I, if I'm Ward Manuel, I would put in that, I would take that uh, so-called offer off his desk and do a little reworking, if you would, and make sure that there's any other flirtation that you're going to leave this uh, Michigan marriage uh, that you would work for free. You said a few weeks ago, 
uh, you love it so much. I, w- I, I would just make sure if there's any flirtation, bye-bye, we're done with you. I mean, and then on the other end, with Jim Harbaugh, John, I, w- I would come out and do something that I typically don't do, and that's called transparency. I would be transparent with and most you know let me make this statement fans like you know fans media alumni you know me all of us we are irrelevant in in contrast to the players the recruits the 23 the 22 recruits who have signed the 23 recruits uh the parents of players the coaching staff some coaches had just moved there three four weeks ago there's a couple of situations like that they're the they're the ones that that really matter as in contrast to us. But I would make sure I'd be transparent with them and say, listen, uh, I had that NFL itch again. I'm done with it. I'm locking in here. My plan is, and I, I think he said that somewhat to that effect last night. Uh, and, and I saw some correspondence about his uh, conversation with Ward Manuel. But I would make sure that I would make, I, w- I would almost do a video. To do it, you know, to talk to the fan, be transparent, try that concept. Then you'll maybe wiggle your way in to the trust factor and get this whole flirtation behind us. Yeah, I think uh, one of the most important things that we can lose sight of is, uh, yeah, I, I so many people are going to be uh, identifying with what you're saying, the f- level of frustration, the level of. Um, sort of compromised trust. But here's what you've got going for you now coming back. You do have a roster that has been through a Big Ten championship season. You do have the continuity that comes from that return. You do have most of your coaching staff back together. You still have, you know, Mike Mike McDonald, huge, huge loss. Uh, but you've got a Mike Elston rejoining or, or joining this defensive staff. You still have the Mike Hartz and the Steve Klinkscales, then the Sharon Moores that made the magic happen last year. That's the good thing that comes out of uh, keeping this group together. But there, you're right. There's got to be some repair work done in order to make it the sort of group that you did have last year. And I think it's going to be extremely important that, A, Michigan gets a defensive coordinator, whether from within or without, that uh, is able to really recapture with these players the the sort of uh, defense that they put out there last year. It's a lot easier to beat Ohio State when they score 27 than when they score 60. And, uh, and B, you have – all the elements of a great, great offense for next year. And that has to be taken to a a higher level. And you may have to outscore some people, not necessarily early in the year because the schedule sets up for a really good season early on. But I think those are two things that you have to get going in the offseason right now and get the buy-in from the players like you did last year. Well, that schedule sets up for a good record, not necessarily good season, and I'll get I'll address that in a, in a second. Yeah, you you know you're you're right. There is going to be a lot of repair work, and you know what the frustrating thing about this whole thing was this. And I was down at Miami, obviously with a lot of others, while in the Orange Bowl, uh, at the Orange Bowl, at at yeah, at Kid or at the uh, the Rock, whatever the stadium, uh, and uh, not Kid Rock, but uh, whatever the name of the stadium is. <laughs> but my point is this: I saw optically statistically 
visual, everything um, schematically, a cavernous gap between Michigan and the true elite, the Georgia Bulldogs. If we ever, ever even fantasize about winning a national championship, I would think that Jim Harbaugh would have been more committed and like, wow, this is great. We got phase one of our project done. We won the Big Ten title. We beat Ohio State. But, man, phase two, we got to get to work on this. Like, right now, there is a huge gap between us and them. And maybe your standards are low. Maybe winning the CFP isn't a priority. For me, you know, I, you, know, I, you want to call it that co-championship .5 for the cynics to call it? Yeah, .5 since 1948. That – Michigan's better than that. Michigan is truly better. We Michigan deserves better than that. And Michigan deserves better than three and four against Michigan State. That's embarrassing. I mean, Michigan State is not, was not, those were not very good teams in those seven years. Realistically, there was a couple ones. 15 team was decent. But three and four, and you're 0-2 against Mel Tucker, and you're ready to leave the building. In that particular status, I, I, this is why I couldn't wrap my head around it. I, I, I was, I was disheveled, as I said. Well, I, I'm thinking that uh, a flirtation with the NFL could <clears throat> signal the fact that uh, it, it might be an admission that maybe Michigan's not going to, <coughs> excuse me, be able to hang with the uh, semi-pro teams of college football. Um, and then you're, you're looking at this, uh, regional action where you, you try to challenge for the big 10 every year and you knock off a borderline semi-pro team, which is Ohio state. Certainly a great year, uh, for the Wolverines, but unless, and I get right back to it, unless you're all in on NIL and you're using it at a level that, uh, the top programs are you're not going to match them for talent and you're not going to match them on the field. Well, I wish somebody would explain to me and I'm not being critical of you uh, in making that statement, but I just need to know more about someone needs to lay out what where Michigan's NIL status is and what the other opponents is. Cause when you, when you read, you know, stuff, you really don't know what's true or what's not true. And you really can't get a grasp of what this whole NIL thing is. So I'd like to know more about that more more than more than anything. And, and you know, one thing I, I I'm, I'm let me go back to the staff thing you brought up. That is huge. The staff is is kept intact, even with the absence of Mike McDonald. Because I know Harbaugh will make. I'm confident he'll make a good hire. But I'm telling you what, they 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 got some great coaches on this staff. Clinksdale is is a is he's going to be he's an up and comer. I tell you what, Ronald Bellamy, in my opinion. It's going to be the next Fred Jackson on this staff. And people say, well, what's, who's the next Fred, Fred Jackson? He is a great recruiter. He is going to be an integral part of that staff. And recruiting is everything or a lot of things and making a great football program. So that's why I was frustrated again, John, is that, I was, oh, my God, the staff is going to get blown up now. And we're going to go back to a slash, you know, we're going to go back to a Brady Hoke, Rich Rod, uh, bad hire potential or whatever. Um, I mean, I was, that's, I was just really frustrated, but Hey, that's past us. And let's see how Jim Harbaugh acts moving forward. Uh, once again, with the transparency element that I'm thinking that he really needs to do. 
Yeah, and it's weird that all of the uh, sort of the good feeling the uh, that he built up through these last several weeks seems to have been put on hold, seems to have disappeared. And, you know, it's, um, again, it's going to be go out and prove it. Is your heart in it? Is this, uh, you know, are, are, are you all in? And yeah. <clears throat> does your team reflect that? I'll tell you what, somebody that's been all in for uh, for 22 years, shifting gears here, and uh, I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit bummed in the wake of the one and only, the great Tom Brady deciding to hang it up. I can't uh, criticize him for it, but the feeling is, man, you'd just love to see him give it one more year. And But, but if he did that, we'd want one more year and one more year. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I completely understood it. did not surprise me at all. And I think with the number of one-year contracts on that Tampa Bay team, I mean, he's, I mean, he could have set himself up not just for failure, but I mean, physical harm. Um, I, I just don't know what was going to, you know, personnel wise was, was coming down on Tampa Bay. I'm glad, you know, tr- to be honest with you, John, and I know you're a huge fan. You've been with him through and through since the days you covered him. But um, I, I, I think it's good. I mean, he ended up on it. You know, every time about ending on a good, a, a good note doesn't necessarily have to be another Super Bowl thing where all stuff confetti's coming down. You're hugging your kid and all that stuff. Uh, I thought he ended it in a sweet way that comeback, you know, I guess the Rams, I mean, his last possession, he took him back. I, it couldn't have been a better end. Well, it could have been, but I mean, it's pretty good ending. And I, I just think he's, he's on top of the world. He is a goat of professional sports. There's no question about it. And uh, now he can embrace his family, uh, which he, he talks about and, and it's sincerely, you can just hear it in the tone. Uh, so everybody wants to be Tom Brady and I, everybody wants to be Tom Brady right now. I think he's, he's on the threshold for some good times ahead. Yeah. I'd much rather see him going out the way he did with one more comeback. And if you'd have gotten a defensive stop, who knows, uh, what's going to happen. Uh, one more amazing comeback rather than, you know, he goes into next year and he nicks up a knee and, uh, watches season or, or you exactly. have a fall off and you have the injuries that you had this year, only it results in a closer to a 500 record. And, and a lot the, the general feeling like, well, yeah, he should have, uh, he probably should have hung it up. And this way it is, you, you leave him wanting a little bit more, but he's done everything he possibly can do in this sport and will go down as the best quarterback that ever pulled on a jersey. No, no, no question about that. And, you know, maybe you pass the baton to Matthew Stafford. I don't, you know, the state of Michigan guy over the Lions. Maybe that was appropriate. I don't, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little awkward ending. Adam Schefter, you know, you know, leaks it out or whatever, how that came out, but that's fine. Uh, all good. And uh, onward. Onward indeed. And onward to basketball. Michigan has won four out of five, but uh, is not, generating the uh, sort of confidence that you'd like to see in <laughs> your basketball team entering February because they played a 0-10 and 10, uh, uh, Nebraska team, at least in the Big Ten, and uh, were getting their ears boxed in for a while and had to have a big second-half comeback. That's not uh, inspiring any uh, momentum or any 
great feeling about this team, especially when it happens on your own court. No, it was a perfect storm for a flat outing and a lot of right. Nine o'clock start Tuesday night, storm impending. You got the Huskers, the worst team in the Big Ten coming in town, Michigan State, or Michigan's coming off a bad loss to Michigan State. Well, I thought the fans that were there, and there was not, you know, I don't know if it was half filled or what, but it was a lot of empty seats, okay? They were engaged because those fans are locked in. And I thought they helped bring them back. And Hunter was, you know, this is one of those games like when Hunter's in, wow, they're good. They're decent. When he's not in, they're horrible. And when he went out, uh, when he was out those five, you know, he played five minutes or so in the first half. I mean, they struggled. And, you know, they were, they were, they were down 10, and then, and then they were up seven, and they were back down. I mean, this was like a roller coaster ride, and this was the worst team in the Big Ten. So it was a little alarming, uh, to, you know, to be as descriptive as I can about, you know, about this team. And moving forward, when you look at the daunting task ahead, including playing Purdue, uh, two times in the span of a few days. Um, so just because of the having to do the makeups. And, I mean, you look at the schedule, and I think, oh, God, maybe 9-11? I don't know. Maybe this is just not the year. But I'm telling you what, John, the things that stick out with me that they need to fix is defending ball screens. My God, they are – this took me back to the Minnesota game. Dribble drive penetration. They couldn't stop the ball. And then the perimeter shooting. They, well, they had two threes in this game. And so when I'm, I'm sitting in the game, uh, you know, in this pod, you know, suite with my, with my buds and um, I, I pulled up the 18 roster and saw all those three ball shooters from, you know, Jordan Poole, Isaiah Livers and Mo Wagner could hit threes and, and Duncan Robinson. I'm like, wow, think of that team shooting beyond the arc versus this team, which really doesn't have a dependable three point shooter. That's what they're going to struggle with trying to make the tournament. Well, I think uh, we've seen hints of one in recent days in Caleb Houston. I think what he does from here on out is going to be massive. If, in fact, he is starting to get comfortable uh, at this level shooting threes, that can help. Eli Brooks can give you a little bit there. The more guys you have jumping on board there, the better off. It, it You know, that uh, – that rising tide lifts all boats. But I, I just don't see this team going 500 from this point on, given the uh, the Purdue's and the Michigan State and Wisconsin and Ohio State's. There are really – you have one maybe soft touch, softer touch uh, the rest of the way, and that's Rutgers at home. But if, uh, if Nebraska's giving you all kinds of problems at home, then there are no soft touches. No, and I think that I think Penn State might be might be a a tall task for I I don't know I mean it's like I, I say this all the time when they when they beat somebody you know good and they play a good game you think they're you know they're on roll and then after that Indiana game we thought oh God okay there's your defining moment well since that time they struggled to beat Northwestern held on to that and then once again the second half against anybody has been a struggle you know Michigan's only down four against Michigan State at the Breslin Center on Saturday. And I go, God, that, my whole measuring stick was they had to be up by 12 at halftime to have a shot at that game. And, uh, and, and, and we saw what happened in the second half. Something happens to them in the second half, although against Nebraska, they're such an inferior opponent, they were able to offset that. But um, I, we'll see what happens. You know, stranger things have happened. Uh, maybe some, Maybe the light will go on. Maybe Brandon Johns, he got some minutes, and maybe he's – Oh, you know, he, he's ready to move on and be a contributor. They're going to have to have somebody step up that we're not anticipating stepping up. 
Yeah, and I, I just think it's uh, these second halves are signs of a very young team that has not learned to tough it out for 40 minutes yet. And, you know, we're going to find out how well they they start to uh, grow in that area. I mean, it's a, it's a growth year. Oh, yeah. The problem is you look to the next year and you're going to be operating more likely than not without uh, the best player on your team, Hunter Dickinson. So um, I, I think um, certainly Juwan Howard has his hands full building with this team, not only for the rest of the this year, but for the future as well. Yeah, great recruiting class coming in, um, uh, starting with his son, um, his other son. And and I, 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 I'm – let me just make this statement. I'm totally bullish on Juwan Howard. He is all into Michigan, and I sincerely trust him on that that uh, commitment and and believe in him. And I and I and 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 I was one that was skeptical at the hire. You remember that? We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And I looked at a video that I can't. I did like the day after that. I go, wow, wow. Did I? Um, I was really I was really skeptical in this video. And uh, but I believe in Juwan and I know he's going to remedy it. Uh, he's got a great staff and uh, I, and I believe in the players. And, and I think uh, I think Hunter, you know, got that message in the offseason about his need from the NBA scouts to hit that three. And, and you're seeing him trying to fire that three. He's going to have to nail that three. Maybe that will stretch some things out and, uh, you know, and allow Musa Diabate to get involved on the inside, do a high low with the two bigs. I don't know. But something's got to change. And one one thing's got to change is second half fatigue and depth has got not to be an issue like it's been in the past. Yes, no doubt. And just lastly, uh, you know, Juwan Howard, you were listing his characteristics and qualities. One of the, the best ones at this point for fans of uh, high-profile Michigan sports is the fact that he's not out there uh, flirting with NBA teams. So yes. uh, <laughs> that that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Scores you very high at this juncture. Yeah. Uh, Crawford, we'll, uh, we're going to keep an eye on all this stuff. We'll see what Jim Harbaugh himself has to say about uh, how he intends to move forward and pull this whole thing back together for another good season, what happens with Michigan basketball, and many more items on the docket. Thanks for joining us on this chilly Friday or Thursday in uh, early February. Always a privilege and an honor, JB, to be on the Wolverine Podcast. Until next time.